It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here. Hey, today I think this is probably going to be one of the most important shows, uh, especially if you are, uh, you know, just a working class stiff. I think that there has been some changes uh, that have taken place over time, and so today we're going to be talking about uh, forced arbitration. And uh, on the show today, we have uh, my good friend, Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is recognized as one of the top attorneys for workers and consumers. He was selected as the top attorney in Southern California, also Norm was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in the area of employment law. Uh, and what I love about Norm is that uh, ever ever since uh, the very first episode, uh, he's always been a straight shooter and just loves helping people, but he'll give it to you straight. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Nice to be back, Bert. And uh, yeah, today's a big day all around. Uh, we have the State of the Union tonight, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think people should, besides, of course, Ukraine's going to be a big topic, but besides that, how much uh, the president uh, talks about labor and uh, increasing the minimum wage and having uh, and getting rid of forced arbitration for employees for all matters. Um, we've had some great success, you're, you're correct, but we've got a long way to go. Um, we finally, the, the federal government's passed a law where you can't be forced to arbitration if you are uh, bringing a, a claim for uh, sexual harassment, um, nice. which is a good first step. But when you read the fine print in there, um, you're, not gonna, you're still going to be forced into arbitration for uh, the retaliation part of that claim. So they, they, you know, it's half a step. And they, what they didn't put into that law was ending forced arbitration for wage and hour claims, which is the most important part. Um, that was stripped out of it by uh, the Republicans, uh, and they took it out to, to get something passed. Anyway, it's a, it's a first step, but um, we still got a long way to go um, sure, to sure. protect employees. Let's talk about this real quick, uh, because like a lot of things in politics, you know, I remember when arbitration was being sold as a way to get, you know, to kind of get to court faster or get to trial faster. Maybe that's not even the right word, but you know what I'm saying? To, to, to try to get to a, a legal resolution faster and, and save money. But like a lot of things, you know, the, the, the devil's in the details, that fine print. So, I, you know, at one point, it seemed like arbitration was possibly a better alternative, but now here we are, you know, 20 years into the future, and it's become a kind of a, a hangman's news. Yeah, it's, it is, and the reason is is because what they've done with arbitration in the fine print is they've taken out the ability to bring representative or class claims. In other words, you can't join with other people to bring your claim, so you're stuck with your individual claim. And it's very difficult to find an attorney um, that will take a, an individual claim on a uh, 
contingent basis, and employees just don't have the uh, financial wherewithal to go against the big corporation, number one. Number two is the arbitrators in these panels are uh, just old white corporate uh, attorneys who, when you go in there, they're going to rule in favor of the uh, corporation. Unfortunately, statistically, that's what the evidence is. The employees and uh, the plaintiffs lose over 99% of their cases in arbitration. So it's um, not a pretty place to be, let's put it that way. You're way better off with a jury of your peers in court where you can, you'll, you know, there's ability to get justice um, with persons of, of your same um, uh, thought process. So it's, it's not a pretty place, um, and it's uh, shown to be not a pretty place for uh, individuals. It's not individual-friendly. And uh, the idea that it's going to be quick is is incorrect. It takes years to get through arbitrations, while in court it's much quicker um, to proceed, even in a class claim or a representative claim. So every, everything that arbitration was promised to be, it isn't. Yeah, and, and again, this is one of those things where we see this happen time and time again. I remember... Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the Medicare, it was called the Medicare Reduction Act, something similar to that. And, and it sounded good, you know, but, and, and it, but, what it, uh, but what it actually did is it eliminated Medicare's ability to buy things at wholesale. So um, this, this act, this Medicare Reduction Act, uh, actually ended up costing us uh, taxpayers and everybody else, uh, I think a couple of trillion dollars, or at least I know it was several billion dollars, because the title was so misleading. And, and, and uh, this is one of those unfortunate things. This is a constant thing in politics. The, the title of the bill sounds like it's going to help. But when you read the fine print, usually uh, adversarial. Yeah, you know the, the this um, new federal law they have that prohibits mandatory arbitration in sexual assault and sexual harassment claims. This is a good first step. I mean, the Me Too movement, to their credit, they organized, they got together, and they got a federal law passed, which is no small feat with uh, the Republicans' uh, ability to uh, table any legislation now as a result of their uh, veto power. In the uh, in the Senate, so this was no no small this was no small that was a big deal, and so that it's a, and it's a good first step, you know the government in, in the United States is management friendly, and that's just what it is. The Supreme Court is management friendly. The Republican Party is management friendly, and when you couple that um, with the ability to get management friendly persons appointed and elected, appointed to the Supreme Court and elected to office, it's very difficult in um, a federal setting to pass um, substantive laws that can protect you. And because federal laws preempt state laws, uh, the federal law can control um, what, what ends up happening. And so, that, you know, that explains why there was so little legislation protecting Minors against youth smoking, for example, for years and years and years. 
is because of the protection of of big big corporations of management, and so we have to live with that uh, the the fact that we don't have a, a government a federal government um, including the Fed itself the Federal Reserve that's just not labor friendly. And um, so here we go. We're going to see, uh, you see the increase in oil prices, and you're going to see um, the increase in interest rates, and all, both of those adversely affect uh, workers. What you're not going to see is an increase in the minimum wage. It just didn't happen, and I don't think it's going to happen, at least uh, for the foreseeable future at, at the federal level. So there's people working, uh, making you know, money, money. Their wages are under the uh, uh, cost of living uh, for for anyone. So it it's it's an issue that can be easily solved with uh, people turning out at the polls and voting for labor friendly uh, uh, congressmen, senators, presidents, uh, and so it, it, it's fixable, but it's it's not foreseeable when you have. Um, Still, guys out there like Trump, who's claiming the election was uh, fraudulent, and he still wields about thirty percent of the vote. Absolutely. You know what? And, and again, uh, we we America has a very dark history when it comes to uh, uh, big labor. Uh, you know, th- there was a time in our history where children were chained. To machines oh, and yeah. you, you can go online and there's pictures and, and it's incredible that children were chained to machines uh, you know and, and so yes things are better yes we're evolving and this is the process it's a it's an ongoing process uh, and and you know it's it's a, a little bit here and a little bit there and, and um, uh, what do you call it so, so I bring this up because, to your point, America is pro-labor, America is uh, or uh, pro-management. Uh, um, and, again, you know, because we are a capitalistic country, which is great, uh, sometimes we don't think about what's best for the employee. Um, you know, and this is where – Time and time again, the government has stepped in and said, "Hey, this is unsafe," or you, "You can't, you can't do this. You can't work somebody to death without paying them uh, overtime, right?" And so, and so, some of these measures have to happen because if, if it's a check and balance, as you always say, we have this adversarial system that keeps the constant check and balances. If we don't have that, then let me tell you. Uh, management would have us working 24 seven, uh, you know, for a buck a day, if they could, it's just, you know, because everybody, you know, because again, their job is to make as much profit as possible. There's nothing wrong with that. Our job is to make sure that we have a safe, healthy environment. Right. You know, the old golden rule that is what exists in the United States. He who has the gold makes the rule. <laughs> and so that, that's, that's what we, we, that's what's happened. That's what the, the truth is. And uh, until we, as labor, um, organize to the extent that we go and vote for um, representatives who are pro-labor, uh, it's going to remain the same, and that's just a fact. Um, 
you know, we every company wants to make a profit. That's their job. And every under management, if you if you're running management and you don't want to make a profit, then you should be fired. And so, therefore, in, in making a profit, they want to pay labor as, as little as possible. That's just what what the fact is. And when and basically to get around paying more, you can shave costs by uh, not having them clock in when they arrive, having them clock in only when they're up and ready to go to work, and so they save time that way, which is illegal. Um, letting you know, having them work through uh, rest breaks and meal breaks, and that is illegal. And then having them at the end of the day work a couple extra. Uh, um, extra time, you know, 10, 15 minutes and shutting down off the clock, that's illegal. And there's a, that, that's what we're facing. And that's really the wage and hour issues aside from uh, not paying overtime at all and paying off the clock, which is less and less in, in any way in California here because we've been done a good job um, at policing the corporations through the uh, Private Attorney General Act. And so we're seeing less and less of it, but there's still even in California, there's always the attempt to cut labor costs. I mean, that's that's the job of management. And they're faced now with any type of labor now that it, uh, involves showing up at work, like, uh, you know, in the hospitality industry, in the restaurant industry, in the manufacturing industry. They're, have to, they're having to pay employees more simply because uh, people are, are not inclined to, get in back into these jobs at the present time and so there there is a you know rising tide floats all ships there is at this point in time a rise in wages and there's a, a rise in prices because of the cost of goods and the cost of labor so we're all going to get used to it my problem is is that the federal reserve in response to this is it's a double whammy uh, okay Labor is going up, costs are going up, uh, costs of goods. So what does uh, Federal Reserve do? It raises interest rates, which only compounds the problem. So you know, if they were uh, in any way uh, more labor friendly, which they claim to be, they would uh, not be so quick on the trigger to raise interest rates at the present time, given you know what's happening uh, with with oil prices, which are insanely over the top since the United States is the biggest oil producer in the world. And uh, if we cut off our exports, uh, prices in the United States would, would fall. So there's a whole other issue there. But that's a big macro issue that, you know, not going to change overnight. The micro issue is getting people's wages up and getting them paid for the time they work um, according to the laws that exist. And over time, getting these laws to change incrementally as we're seeing them, uh, getting them to change. Yeah, yeah. You know what, and again, this is why it's important for every person out there to uh, vote with their pocketbook. Uh, Look, uh, right now, because of the way things are set up, you have to get somewhat involved. You, You just cannot stand by the sidelines. Every vote counts. And it's important to get out there and follow your to, to vote with your pocketbook. And we do this yeah. all the time. Uh, you see people that will bo- boycott a specific business. Uh, that's a great way of, of asserting your rights and voting with your pocketbook. 
Well, that's the same thing when it comes to politics. Do not believe that your vote doesn't count. That's what they want you to do. They, don't, they want you to believe that your vote doesn't count. Therefore, that's one less uh, vote that they have to worry about. But it does make a difference, right, Norm? Yeah, it does, and uh, the in California is the you know kind of the proofs in the pudding here because we're a deep blue state, and you know we have fifteen uh, minimum wage is fifteen dollars. We have the private attorney uh, general act, which uh, allows for uh, private enforcement of uh, wage and hour laws against uh, companies, and we have you know great environmental control laws out here. So. You you do do you do do it, and there's a lot of good that can come out of this um, if you if you vote with your pocketbook. There's a lot of good uh, that can come out of it, and uh, you know we, we're running a budget surplus here. The tax on uh, people that make inordinate amounts of money um, is is up, and they're paying uh, inordinately high uh, tax, and so we have a budget surplus, and it's not because we're overtaxing. The uh, workers, it's because we tax, heavily tax the uh, uh, management and uh, the profits, which is, is a good thing to do. Uh, that's how, how it works, and that's how we want it to work, and California works. And uh, in other parts of the country, it doesn't work. And, you know, people are, are forced into uh, situations where they're not making the kind of money that they should make or could make, and they're being... Uh, abused in terms of uh, not just the, the sexual harassment issues, but abused in terms of wage and hour issues that are not being addressed, you know, at, at any level. And the time has come to, to vote with your pocketbook. It makes all, all the sense in the world. And don't be uh, – the real issues that have, that have separated the parties is these social issues, um, you know, the um, – uh, abortion issue is is the main one, and unfortunately for the Democratic Party, they don't welcome in the pro-life group, and they they've shut them out, and which has put made people Republican who would otherwise be Democrats. And I think it's a mistake. I think there's you know a, a Democrats should be more of a Big Ten party, and accept uh, people you know if they have good views on labor. And they're pro labor, and they're, uh, um, um, and, but they're also happen to be pro life. Well, accept them into that process. The process can work um, with a, a bigger tent for the Democrats. So, to some extent, uh, the Democrats, some of the things that they come up with, it, it's their fault. They need to make it a big, a bigger tent, not just on the far left, but in the uh, center and the uh, center right. They need to take in people who have uh, different views on social issues. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So, so um, first of all, as you said, uh, as, you st- as you stated earlier, this, this uh, exemptment uh, regarding the arbitration and sexual harassment, you know, to, it just goes to show you how, I don't know, how sometimes we as humans are messed up because – you know, obviously, sexual harassment, uh, I believe, uh, is is not only a civil violation, but it's a criminal violation, right? And so, to be able to sneak that into arbitration and 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 I guess uh, continue the abuse uh, it just boggles my mind. So I'm glad that we that that's being corrected. But let me ask you this: so so right now, if somebody is 
let's say, in, in a sexual harassment arbitration type of proceeding, this thing gets signed tomorrow or whenever it gets signed, uh, does, is it, is, does it affect these, let's say, these older cases? Because it's not going to go radio, uh, what do you call it, uh, retroactively, retroactively, right? So, so what happens to, to that? No, what happens is is that any um, uh, event, if, okay, if you have an older arbitration agreement, let's say, uh, and it's already the um, harassment has already occurred, um, you can't, you know, you're you're stuck with it. But if right. you have an older arbitration agreement and the harassment has not yet occurred, then you you can come under the new arbitration agreement. The arbitration agreement is 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 not good anymore um so it, it, you're in a position where you you know as, as far as it goes um you're you're protected going forward is the easiest way to say it um and no matter what the uh, old agreement is you sign that's not going to be enforceable going forward but whatever's happened in the past has happened in the past um and in in terms of the harassment, and so your your you know your case doesn't change because of the change in law if it's if it's already in existence. And, so you and, have to, and, you know you're already there. Sure, and just to clarify again, uh, this if this law goes into effect tomorrow, uh, the employees themselves don't have to do anything because it's automatically, for lack of better terms, it's all this section. Uh, this arbitration section um, is automatically void. So if they signed an agreement, I'm assuming it's void. But I, I want you to yeah. – is that what happens? Yeah. It's just automatically – Yeah, that's what happens. So, ba- so basically, as, you know, as a practical matter, if going forward, it, if um, even though you've signed an arbitration agreement preexisting, if you were to bring a suit tomorrow – uh, I mean, you know, after the law becomes effective, the president's going to sign it. After the law becomes effective, then they can't raise the arbitration provision um, to keep you out of court. That's basically it. So you're you're ready to go. But if you're already in arbitration, it's not going to change the fact that you're already in arbitration. That's not going to change. But it will change the fact that if you're not already in arbitration, uh, they can't send you to arbitration anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, again, this is, I think, such a powerful thing. Um, and, again, as I mentioned earlier, we've had this, uh, we'd call it this weird history, and, and it's we're constantly evolving and, and getting better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's, it's great for everybody. Um What's next? What's what's the next thing what, that well, we what's next add? on the agenda? Agenda is going to be wage an hour, and, um, and you know the ability, and and this does you don't have this even in sexual uh, harassment cases. You can't bring you cannot bring collective actions. You know you can't bring group actions. You can't bring class actions. You know you're still you know onesies and twosies, and that's just not economical in any setting. Uh, for these cases, um, you know, there's obviously there's some big cases, but a lot of times the harassment's at a very low level with very low wages. But it's uh, across the board in the company. Companies have, you know, bad 
politics up and down the line in terms of of uh, sexual harassment and so that that's slowly going you know that's going to be something that's going to end i would I would suspect but the the only reason it's going to end is because the law can be enforced and the same thing with wage and hour if you can't enforce the wage and hour law and government doesn't have the ability to do it um you have to have an an ability to enforce it and if you have arbitration still with wage and hour cases, um, you're stuck. I mean, in California now, you know, we have they've gotten rid of mandatory arbitration uh, with the law, but the question is whether the law is going to hold up. But the, the California in the Ninth Circuit, in a case called Bonta, um, what it did was it, it upheld a, a new labor code section, which said that uh, an arbitration agreement. Um, is is not enforceable if it wasn't uh, entered into voluntarily, which means that if if it was entered into as a condition of employment, like here's your employee handbook, and you know sign here and, and agree to everything, uh, and in there is the arbitration agreement. Uh, it currently um, you're stuck with it, whether you read it or not. You know it's, it's, it is forced arbitration, but if now if they if they don't have the procedure where you can opt out of that, which has you know it's usually no one does it, but they're, they're probably going to have that procedure, which doesn't help that much anyway. But in in any event, it, it's a step forward. Um, you're if it if you don't have that procedure, then it's not going to be a volu- it's not going to be a voluntary opt out uh, ability, and you'll be able to proceed in court. So it's it's kind of a mixed bag, but we're not. Let's put it this way: we're not there yet. Uh, we need to ban um, um, forced arbitration on anybody. Um, and basically, you, the decision of whether or not you want to go to arbitration or not should not be required until you decide you want to go to court or not. And the same thing should be with uh, if a if a class is certified as a class action. That arbitration vis- provision is not enforceable for anybody um, except those who want to opt out of the class and go to arbitration. They they can for their individual uh, claim, but that's going to be few and far between. And it reopens what in what's called in California the Berman hearings, where you can go to the labor commissioner. Now, uh, with forced arbitration, you cannot even go to the labor commissioner for your individual claim. You are stuck with arbitration uh, for your individual claim, so it's it's really nuts. Um, this FAA law was not a Federal Arbitration Act was not meant when it was passed in the in the 1920s. It was not meant to cover um, the scope uh, that it covers. It was meant to cover contracts between sophisticated uh, merchants, and it was never never meant to be enforced against employees that was just a a figment of the imagination of the uh, pro management uh, uh, supreme court and that's what we've been stuck with since um, the case of concepcion versus at&t this um, idea that uh, for some reason um, you're forced arbitration and you lose your rights under the constitution i mean the seventh amendment says you have a right to a jury trial Yet you 
for somehow you waive your constitutional rights for all these arbitration provisions, and it's just not a knowing and intelligent waiver. Just like you have right. your Miranda rights, you have to have a knowing and intelligent waiver, and it's not. And so this is a big problem. Arbitration's a big problem, and it's incrementally, um, there's some glimmer of hope, but I think the, um, the trend is still is to uh, send people to arbitration because that's where the company saves some of the most money, and the golden rule applies. Right. He right. who has the gold makes the rule. <laughs> that's basically right, right. what's happening. <laughs> well, and you know what, and, and this is, again, this is, this is one of those situations where uh, you, you have a law that was probably written too broadly, uh, it hasn't kept up with the times, and, and then somebody has taken it and, and used it, you know, kind of abused it, if you will. Again, smart, smart move on their part uh, to be able to uh, strangle, you know, put a stranglehold on somebody's rights, uh, to be able to reduce their access to uh, court. Uh, it's incredibly smart, uh, but at the same time, a lot of people have been hurt. As you mentioned, something like uh, we, you know, we as as uh, working class tips, we're going to lose ninety eight percent of these things. Oh yeah, and, and, and it's it's just crazy that it's set up that way. Well, it'd be interesting and, uh, to, to tonight uh, those that are watch the uh, State of the Union address. To see if at all the president mentions an increase in the minimum wage or at all mentions a, a termination of arbitration agreements for all uh, employment ca- uh, cases. My guess is he won't. And because it's just, and he should, because it should be an issue where uh, being pro uh, labor that he'd, he'd want people to hear. But they they stay away from that because they're for whatever reason um, they they want to you know kowtow to management that that I don't know why but it, you know if I were advising the president I'd, I'd have him make those issues front and center and they're only going to happen by electing Democrats and so I, I put that in the forefront of uh, where he uh, should be but let's see yeah yeah I imagine I imagine based on the timing of this Russian uh, invasion, uh, that is going to take a large chunk. Uh, I think not only do we as citizens want to know what the plan is, but I think the world is waiting to see what we do. And I think that's going to probably take uh, uh, front and center. And I hope hope that uh, there's a plan in place, and I hope that, uh, you know, I I think – President Putin has already, um, uh, what do you call it? Has already threatened anybody that tries to interfere. Uh, I think that I think that uh, if it's if it's accurately uh, reported, he's already threatened that anybody that tries to interfere, he would attack them as well. And uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we have to see how we go forward with that because it's ridiculous, in my opinion, to have to deal with this kind of crap in this day and age. I mean, it's just like. You know, President Putin's got this massive country to handle. There's just no point. It's not, you know, to go after a little Ukraine there. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just what bullies do, right? Right. Well, you know, that's a whole other issue. But if you right. look at his history in Chechnya and uh, in Syria, Aleppo, 
um, his history is is to uh, level the playing field, and that when I, the way he levels the playing field, he bombs it, and he just started today, uh, knocking out uh, buildings. You know, he has air superiority, so he's he will level the city. He'll level every every city in the Ukraine to to uh, achieve his goal. So this is who we're dealing with, uh, and the world finally has woken up to who this guy is, and hopefully the pressure will, the only way it's going to end is the Russian people are going to have to stand up like they did uh, after, you know, the, their Afghan Afghanistan adventure and got rid of the Soviet Union, and after the uh, First World War adventure and they got rid of the czars. And I think right. that over time, uh, the Russian people will again stand up and become united and uh, throw him out. I really feel that that's going to happen, but there's going to be a lot of pain in between because as long as he's in power, um, he will do what he's done in the past, which is indiscriminate uh, destruction and uh, bombing and unfortunately relate, uh, causing un yeah. unbelievable deaths that shouldn't happen. Uh, it's it's an awful thing, but he's an awful person, and uh, he will he will be his own destruction. Absolutely, Norm. We're out of time. Always good to have you here. Um, you know, I just uh, I appreciate the fact that that you're out there looking out for consumers and working class stiffs. I think that this arbitration uh, is uh, this 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 uh, what do you call it this uh, sexual arbitration uh, clause. Uh, is, is a great first step. As you mentioned, we still have a long ways to go, but as my, uh, always my friend, good to have you here. Always a pleasure, Bert, and uh, take care, and uh, we'll talk to you next, one, next month. All righty. Good stuff there take from care. Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal, an attorney for workers and consumers. You can find out more about uh, Norm and his team at BAM Law CA. That's BAM, B-A-M, Law CA. As always, my friends, thank you so much for stopping by. Let's share the show with everyone. Let's help uh, make uh, our, you know, the work environment a little bit safe. I mean, uh, come on, let's, uh, we, we got to get rid of uh, these loopholes regarding sexual harassment. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.